Hey there, podcast listeners. Welcome to Talking Wealth, the show where the Wealth Within team are on hand to teach you how to become a more confident, competent, and more importantly, profitable trader or investor. Wealth Within was voted number three for stock market podcasts globally in 2018, so I hope you enjoy listening. We cover topics from trading to investing, as well as wealth creation to ensure you can achieve your financial goals. Because as we always say, lifestyle matters. As a global leader in stock market education, you can fast track your journey towards financial freedom by studying with Wealth Within. If you'd like more information about our government accredited courses or to watch more analysis of the stocks in this podcast, head over to wealthwithin.com.au and click on the market report videos under the Learning Center. Please note that the information in this podcast should not be considered personal financial advice. Hello and welcome to this week's Australian Stock Market Report. This week we'll look at why retail traders in the share market continue to walk a dangerous tightrope. Then we'll get into the market so I can share with you my thoughts on where the Australian stock market is heading, along with answering your questions and looking at stocks for you. Hello, I'm Dale Gillam, the Chief Analyst here at Wealth Within, and we're Australia's most trusted stock market educators. Now, before we move on, thanks for showing your support for our channel and hitting that subscribe button now. Remember, as you hit that subscribe button, click the little bell on the right of it so you keep up to date with our latest videos. Also, remember to tune into our live Australian stock market show every Tuesday, 7 to 8 p.m. Australian Eastern Time. Now, this is the show where you get to ask us, the stock market education and trading experts, to look at your favourite stocks and answer all of your most burning questions. As a nation, the current coronavirus climate has seen many Australians adjust to a new reality in how we live. Now, although there is one thing that has not changed, and that is how retail investors continue to walk a dangerous tightrope when it comes to trading the stock market. Last week, ASIC released a report highlighting its concerns about the trading activity of retail investors during the COVID-19 crisis, and the statistics were seriously quite alarming. In reading the report, it is easy to see why retail investors are blindly walking towards a cliff, blissfully unaware of the dangers they are placing on themselves. Throughout March, the Australian stock market was extremely volatile, yet ASIC indicated that new account openings for retail investors were up 3.4 times on previous levels. In addition, there was also a marked increase in the number of reactivated dormant accounts. Now, ASIC also reported that there was a sharp increase in retail investors trading short-term, highly leveraged markets such as Contracts for Difference, or CFDs as they're known. Unfortunately, they also noted a significant number of retail investors were getting it wrong, with net losses in one week amounting to $234 million. One of the most concerning issues raised in the report was that how people were placing good till cancelled orders, which is a very inappropriate way to place orders in a volatile market. Now, as I said last week, it's common to find around 50% of adult Australians believe they are very knowledgeable or somewhat knowledgeable when it comes to investing in shares. However, ASIC's report again proves otherwise. While many believe CFDs and Forex are a great way to make short-term profits, Mistakenly, in a volatile market, it is a way for the majority to lose most, if not all, of their hard-earned savings. Unfortunately, what many investors fail to realise is the enormous risk they place on themselves when trading without proper education. 
Just like Dr. Google is bad for your health, the University of Google in the stock market is equally as dangerous, as it gives people a false sense of security believing they know what they're doing, when in reality, they don't, as highlighted by ASIC's report. So what were the best and worst performing sectors last week? Well, information technology was the best performing sector again last week, and that was up 11.34%. Whilst materials was next up at 4.28%. The energy, consumer, discretionary and utility sectors were also positive, all up around about 3%. The worst sectors include industrials, which was just in the green, whilst healthcare, consumer staples and financials were all up over 1% for the week. Now looking at the ASX Top 100 stocks, Magellan Financial, Evolution Mining and Cube topped the list with all of them being up over 14%. Then we have REA Group, Northern Star and Goodman Group all up over 10% for last week. The worst performers include Illumina and Qantas which were both down over 6%. IAG, Insatec Pivot and Sydney Airport were all down around 5% last week. So what do I expect in the market moving forward? Well, let's get into our charts for the S&P 500 All Ordinaries Index update for this week. We'll also answer your questions and look at the stocks you've chosen for me. All right, the market was up last week. And, and again, everybody thinks the market's doing very, very, very well. And uh, it's interesting what people take out of some of my videos. I have people saying, you said this one week and then something the other week. And, and what I find is people are not really watching the videos. You know, they're asking questions. A, on a video or they're putting comments on a video and the answer's actually within the video or um, what they're saying is not actually what I've actually said in the video and it really does highlight that ASIC report and how retail investors go about their day in terms of you know getting into the stock market and trading you know hey I've been um, made redundant I've, I'm unemployed now so hey let's become a full-time stock trader and try and trade the stock market very smart idea um, not really uh, at the end of the day is the stock market is dangerous and during March it was the most dangerous period I've ever seen on our stock market and yet people with the least amount of knowledge were trying to make money out of it. Now some people did make some money out of it but um, as you probably heard me say before it was more good luck than good planning and uh, right now the market is better but it's not fantastic and uh, if you think you've been a, a trader over the last few weeks and you've made some money 20 or 30 percent then the market's going to have some lessons for you and uh, uh, one thing I know about the stock market haven't been involved with it for well over two decades is that your education will cost you one way or another it's just how it's going to you're going to pay for it and when you're going to pay for it and the last one is how much you're going to pay for it and most people pay way too much uh, for their education in the share market and still don't get it right let's go and have a look at the chart now so on the screen you can see an all ordinaries index chart and this is a weekly chart that I've brought up here and you can see I'll just expand it right up and here's last week was a really exciting looking bar and I thought it was probably one of the better bars that I've seen in the last month or so in our marketplace where it opened up and traded up and closed on its high and that's an interesting sign now in theory what we should be seeing is the market moving through here but I'm not going to get excited until our market moves above that high there from the 17th or the week ending the 17th of April that at 5618 so what I was mentioning in last week's report is that for it to prove it bullish it needed to move above that and move towards through that 5800 point level for me to start getting excited but it hasn't done that at this point in time um, and you can see here even you know last month it's really done nothing since that close there that was around 
5442 and this one's around about the same uh, price or well, last week was around about the same area so we can see over a month our market really hasn't done anything which means it's not wanting to push up there's a lot of neg negativity around there's a lot of nervousness around and worst of all there's more uncertainty around and that's the real critical thing when there's uncertainty in the market there's uncertainty about what's going to happen. We now are starting to open up our country, but when is manufacturing going to get back into? When are we going to get back into cafes and restaurants? When are we going to get back into lots of different things? When is production going to get up in a lot of different areas? When are people getting back into their offices? So when are people, and the, the real guess is when are people going to spend and how much are they going to spend? Are they going to hold back now? Because if we do get a second wave, people may be holding on to cash that they've got right now rather than spend it if they do go back to work because as a second wave happens and we've got to self-isolate again. So there's a lot of variables here. And uh, right now, as I said, um, you know, right, I don't think there's a lot of good news for the market to rise up. I am a little bit more bearish and I'm still bearish and I've been bearish the last six weeks or so on this marketplace even though there is more positive signs but um, but let's get into our first questions for the week and the first question we've got for today is from Thomas who says hey Dale great video content looking at EML and um, I think it's LPD would love your advice so EML and LPD so let's bring up that I don't actually I forgot to put it into my workbook so just watch me as I bring it up on the screen I'll bring up EML um, EML that's a payment system um, provider so obviously it's one of those um, buy now pay later I've never looked at this stock before but looking at it it's looking looking too bad it's looking quite right it obviously hit very very heavily right down here into that March low but looking at what it's doing over this on the weekly basis it is looking very very good so don't mind this stock uh, I would like to see it get right above that high of this bar here around that 317 mark uh, uh, mate but it is looking really really good at this point in time it's shown a bit of strength a lot of these payment uh, um, uh, companies, these buy now pay laters like your afterpays, that sort of stuff. They've been doing really well during the pandemic because obviously people are still shopping online. They're doing a lot of those sorts of things. So I think, still think this is good area. I think afterpay is a bit overblown right at the moment, obviously with the Chinese company uh, coming in, investing 5% and the euphoria around all of that and everybody jumping in. It's gone very, very fast um, obviously this company is looking quite good at the moment but thank you very much I'm not going to look at the other stock because we, we only do one stock uh, per week per person the next question we've got is from Chris Macy who says g'day Dale can you please review MYX or its main farmer uh, the chart is starting to take my interest again also there's been a bit of positive news of late with director share purchases um, lodgement of E4 product for FDA approval and change of thought around on oh, on American-made generic medicines, which should reflect well in the second in the half yearly. Sentiment seems to swung to the positive. I'm wondering if the chart is in the early stages of an upward trend. Thanks, Chris. Um, geez, I really don't get too excited when directors buying and selling shares, and I also don't get excited about FDA things, people submitting things into FDA, and probably the biggest um, one of those my in my memory back many, many, many years ago. I think it was pre-2000. Um, there was a company called Biota. Um, it was just going up and down and, and it was just it was going up hundreds of percent at one stage because they had FDA they had their drug in for FDA approval and I think three times it got knocked back I think and every time it did it just tanked and people were buying on all of that speculation to me it's always about confirmation not speculation what are they actually doing what can you confirm 
and how does that actually work? But obviously you're asking about a chart view, so let's go and bring it up on the chart and let's bring up MYX here and look at that. It is looking a lot better. You can see here what I was talking about with stocks. You know, this thing has been falling away since 2016. So we're talking mid-2016, August. It's fallen very, very heavily. It's nearly at all-time lows. It's all-time lows right back there in 2009, um, in March 2009 with the GFC. It Beautiful move up and it's just falling away. So it could be finding some um, support right where it is last month's bar was nice and bullish if we go and have a look at that this month it's not really going anywhere at this point in time but it's looking all right um, it is looking like it might be finding support it's not a buy for me yet um, we've seen one two three four five weeks up possibly six seven we're in week seven now if it keeps moving up it might but it's going to have a downward move fairly soon so i would wait for that to see where the buying and selling is before i really got too excited about it a lot of this could just be pure speculation but um good question mate. very very good question the next question we've got is from c paleolo i think that's how you say your name um i think his name's chris as well actually um, who says hey mate can you give me your thoughts on siq is it still heading down um, interested to know your thoughts on listed fleet management industry in general. Thanks, Chris. Um, I don't have any comments on fleet, man fleet management industry in general. I really don't. Um, you know, I know right now uh, with used car sales there's, or new car sales, there'll be lots of discounts going around. Actually, I'm shopping for a car myself at this point in time, but I know there's going to be, uh, I think new car sales or car sales were down around 50%. In March, I haven't really heard the April figure yet, but I'm assuming that's really, really down as well. That's also causing a lot of oversupply in used vehicles. So there's a lot of used vehicles around, a lot of rental cars. Um, the, the car companies, they've dumped a lot of cars because if you're not renting them, um, they're dumping them to save costs because they don't know how long this is going to last for and how long people are traveling. So there's a lot more rental cars get dumped into that used car market. So again, uh, and not sure how that's affecting fleet management. Uh, I'm assuming if more people are working from home, fleet management companies may not be selling as many cars or providing as many cars um, into businesses if people aren't traveling. So maybe businesses are keeping cars longer. I know leasing, um, with leasing, a lot of the leasing around cars at this point in time, you know, a lot of there's a lot of leasing, maybe Macquarie do a lot of car leasing and there's others out there that do car leasing. They might be looking to roll people into longer leases, you know, and keep and keep them moving on the same leases, other than trying to renegotiate things, um, and also because they don't want the cars back, if that makes sense. So if there's some, if a car dealer is um, or fleet companies wanting taking a car back to get it dish out another one, they don't want the used car back because if you can't sell it at a fair price or a good price, just roll over the lease, and that way you alleviate that sort of problem there, and you're still making money out of the leasing. So, but let's go and have a look at the chart anyway, um, and then we'll get up SIQ. And look at this, it does look like it's down, but it's finding a little bit of support at this right now. Um, it's fallen very, very heavily actually since this high back in August 2018. And obviously more recently, it was already falling back here um, in October. So October, November, December, January, February, March. So it's a bearish looking stock. It's, it's not really smart group here. Um, right now, it's not showing me a lot of strength. I don't think it's going to rise. It's not showing me enough that it's saying it's going to take off or it's going to do very very well but i would think at this point in time it's probably more downside rather than more upside on it but hey i yeah i could be wrong on that 
The next question we've got is from Terry Dactyl. Um, he says, hi Dale, I'm 20 years old. I'm looking to start investing. I have a few market tracking ETFs that I'm starting to put money into and I've been watching the market and sitting on my hands after three months of reading and learning. Uh, it's good that you're sitting back on your hands reading and learning. Uh, that's the best thing you can do at 20 years old if you're new to the market is actually learn what you're doing. Um, he's looking at entering into Coca-Cola um, at the moment with a small amount and seeing what it does. Could you please analyze CCL? Absolutely. You know, the best thing you could do, mate, is a, firstly buy my book that'll help you understanding what you need to do with your portfolio so accelerate your wealth your money your choice um, get into that but secondly start buying top 10 top 20 stocks and that's really what you need to do I'm seriously not a fan of index trade tracking ETFs I think they're a waste of time and that's just my opinion a lot of people will argue with me about that but when if you're a small investor then they can be valuable and I know a lot of these apps that people have on their phone more more so younger people that you know they round up and you know they put little bits you know five or ten dollars or twenty dollars and they all in yeah, put into index funds and they're great to get young people started and I really don't think they're a bad thing but again they're not really going to make you rich if that if that's your goal a lot of people starting at around 20 it's good to see them start saving so please use those and if, if, if index tracking ETFs are what you need to do right now but always keep it in the back of your mind to get into those top 20 stocks you'll make far more money you'll have more control you have less fees it'll it's it's so much better doing it that way and if you read my book you'll understand why but let's have a look at the chart of coca-cola um, I'll just bring that up now move over so looking at coca-cola coke is a very volatile stock as you can see there it's very up and down all of the time it's hit more of a, a low now I really it's probably not my favorite stock to, for you to be looking at if you look at this stock and it, it just depends on your view and this is one of those stocks you just never ever buy and hold because here's the 87 peak or 90 this is 96 sorry around here it's still I'd have to go back to around about here which is around December 1995 and you still could have bought you could have bought coca-cola at that same price that you're buying it right now so it is not a buy and hold type of stock and if you're index investing with ETFs suggest you're more buy and hold this is very much more a trader's stock and understanding that you buy when it's going up and you get out when it's going down that's really what I'm talking about here so at this point in time I would not suggest this stock for your portfolio um, I would be looking at again I'd go into those top 20 stocks if you're looking um, I probably would looking at the banks so those of you who have been watching for a long time no I'm not a big fan of the banks although I don't mind Macquarie Bank. I think this is probably the better choice than Combank, but um, ANZ and NAB, I don't like at all. Um, they don't look very, very good at all. And other, uh, some other of those stocks in the financial industry, I do like BHPs, your Rios. I do like your West Farmers, your CSLs, your Cochleas there. They also look a little bit better there, but stick in those top stocks. That's what I'd be looking at. Um, but thank you for asking the question and thanks for watching our video. It's really, I really do appreciate it. Next one we got from Gary Prince who says, Hi, Dale what's the best investment for my super um, I'm in cash waiting to go into the stock market I'm 57 years old not retiring anytime soon as I have young children I got burnt for 35k in the last crash 
but I'm keen to ride the next bull market up. Thanks, Gary. Um, what you're asking me to do, Gary, I can't really do because I've got a guess and, and I don't have a crystal ball or, or I can't mind read. I don't know whether you've got managed superannuation or whether you've got a self-managed super fund. I, just telling me you're 57 and you've got 35K is nowhere near enough. And again, that would be financial advice anyway, me telling you what to invest in. My suggestion is if you're not sure what you need to invest in, then you need to understand what to do. That means you need to learn. Um, if you do have a self-managed super fund, then I'd be looking at, again, like I said in my last question or the, the last answer I gave, Go into those top 20 stocks and pick a few good ones if it's for your super fund. Again, you know, I wouldn't suggest Combank or Macquarie Bank wouldn't be a bad investment uh, for somebody who's got a long-term view. Your BHPs, your Rios are always a good long-term play on the marketplace. Same with CSL, Cochlear, West Farmers, Woolworths, uh, those sorts of stocks. So I'm not suggesting any one for you. What I'm suggesting is understand what you're doing. So if you do have a self-managed super fund, just get my book, 30 bucks. That's the first investment you're going to make. Learn what you're going to do. Look at the portfolio because I do have a self a superannuation portfolio style in there. It'll show you what to do, how you're going to buy, how you're going to sell, how you're going to manage it so you can take it from there. But thank you for putting, giving me your question or sending your question in. And thanks for everybody for sending your questions in and watching till the end of this video. Now, if you have a question you'd like me to answer, then please stick them below. So stick your fingers on the keyboard, type it out now. Um, remember that here on this channel, we do these reports every Monday, every single week. And we also do our live stream every Tuesday night, 7 to 8 p.m. Australian Eastern Time. And remember to hit the subscribe button now. Click the bell on the right of it so that you know when we upload more videos. But for now, I'm Dale Gillam. Goodbye, good luck, and good trading. Thanks for listening. This podcast is brought to you by Wealth Within, a global leader in stock market education. For more information on our courses or to listen to more Talking Wealth podcasts, head over to wealthwithin.com.au and click on the Talking Wealth podcast under the Learning Centre.